What's going on, family? Happy Friday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I would be your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing swimmingly well. We have made it to the end of another week, and that alone is cause for great celebration. So go ahead, reach over your shoulder, give yourselves a good Barry Horowitz pat on the back, and commend yourselves for making it through another week. Shouts to everybody who joins us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. We certainly appreciate your continued support. Shouts to everybody who listens to this podcast wherever you're joining us. We appreciate you as well. Do us a favor, go ahead and rate and download this podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment as well wherever you're listening to us that allows others to see what's happening with this podcast. All right. Lots to jump into. Uh, certainly the Wednesday Night Wars took place as AEW Dynamite battled NXT. Chalk up another victory for AEW Dynamite as they brought in 768,000 viewers this week. That was up about 25,000 viewers from last week, while NXT dropped uh, nearly 100,000 viewers, bringing in 597,000 viewers compared to last week's 691,000 viewers. Now, you had two very different shows that were happening here again NXT is live weekly and they came off the heels of a very big show last week which involved three title matches including the introduction of the NXT women's tag team championships and of course the main event for this one this week was a tag team title match seeing Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch taking on Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. We certainly got to see more of things lining up for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. We saw the return of NXT Cruiserweight Champion Jordan Devlin, and it looks like there will be a battle for the undisputed Cruiserweight Championship happening at TakeOver Stand and Deliver between Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar. And I've got to say this. Kudos to NXT for enveloping and grabbing and ingratiating the Cruiserweight Championship, making it something that we regularly see on NXT TV because it was certainly being buried and forgotten on 205 Live. This could be arguably the biggest and most high profile cruiserweight championship match we've seen in the history of this cruiserweight championship. So shout out to NXT for causing it to care. On the other side of things, big kudos to AEW. We got to see a couple of really major things developing uh, on Dynamite this week. Of course, everybody's talking about the main event. The first time ever that females have main evented AEW Dynamite. A lights out match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which had elements of all sorts of greatness. Whether it was the violence aspect, the blood aspect, the technical aspect, the fact that they were not fighting for a championship and we cared. Easily one of the best matches, certainly in AEW history, and certainly a major match for the growing and budding AEW women's division. Kudos to them. We also got a name for this brand new faction headed up by MJF. The name of the faction is called The Pinnacle. And I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know what else we could have named him. But the pinnacle, there just has to be something better. And I understand what the pinnacle is, obviously. You know, it is the top. It is, you know, nobody better, etc. But I don't know. Now, I think it's an accurate name. I mean, they certainly do represent the upper echelon of AEW. But the pinnacle? 
I thought they could be a little more creative than that, though I don't want to be the one who jumps on the uh, complaints bus, but so be it. It's all good. They're going to sell T-shirts, I imagine. Certainly the T-shirts, the T-shirt design was reminiscent of the old school Four Horsemen design as well. So kudos to them. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against the inner circle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Really exciting stuff happening in AEW. So that gears us up for the weekend. And let's start with the fact that yesterday, pre-sale tickets happened for WrestleMania. Tickets fully go on sale today. And uh, major changes happening to WrestleMania, which is what caused WrestleMania tickets to be delayed by a few days. They redid the configuration because as I reported to you before, they were trying to bring in 45,000 people. And uh, I won't say I'm the sole voice and the lone voice that got it changed, but I did add my voice certainly to the cacophony of voices that were out there. Bottom line, WWE changed their plans. 25,000 is what they're looking to bring in, which is certainly more in line with what happened uh, during the NFL's Super Bowl. So tickets are fully on sale today. And certainly if you'd like to go, Give it a shot. Uh, it was hard to get tickets yesterday. I can tell you that now. I took a look, and by the time I looked, only one seat options were available. Now, what I do understand about pre-sales, of course, is they only have a certain amount that they put up for pre-sale while the rest becomes available when the actual sale happens. So it'll be interesting. I can tell you that they are doing similar to what AEW has done in terms of having pods that will be exclusively available so that there will be social distancing. The pods will range from groups of one to groups of six. So you can only sit, of course, with the folks that you're purchasing tickets with. You can only purchase tickets in groups of one through six, right? So groups of two, groups of three, groups of four, etc. So they're really trying to be wise about this. I've heard that Vince McMahon is certainly again falling in love with the idea of having the cardboard cutouts, which at one point he didn't want to do. Bottom line is if you're going to have a massive event like this, it has to be safe. It has to. I don't care what your opinions are of uh, COVID. The bottom line is it becomes irresponsible if you do not take the proper precautions when you bring in a large group of people. You just have to do that. So congratulations to WWE for doing it. I am certainly excited to watch WrestleMania and we'll talk about that, where it's going to air and more in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to get into the fact that we've got two big pay-per-views happening this weekend. The first of which is NWA back for the attack. And that is the return of the NWA, certainly to pay-per-view and to new content here in this pandemic space. Congratulations to them. The pay-per-view takes place this Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern. It will be dedicated, the main event certainly, to Joseph Hudson, formerly known as Josephus, also known as the question mark, who passed away just a few weeks ago. That's going to be a very, very special main event as it sees the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis defend against one half of the NWA World Tag Team Champions, Aaron Stevens, who is the former partner of the question mark, a.k.a. Joseph Hudson. Also, a number one contenders match sees Thunder Rosa taking on Camille. Uh, and I'll tell you this, after that insane match that Thunder Rosa was involved in, I'm intrigued to see what she'll be bringing to the table this coming Sunday against the powerhouse Camille. Also, the world television title will be on the line as the Pope takes on Tom Lattimore. 
the other half of the tag team champions, Kratos takes on the debuting Tyrus. And then the NWA National Heavyweight Championship is on the line as Trevor Murdoch defends against the defending Chris Adonis, formerly known as Chris Masters. Four-way match between Crimson, Jack Stane, Jordan Clearwater, and Slice Boogie. It should make for a very intriguing card there for the NWA. You'll be able to check it out on Fight TV for only $19.99. And that's going to lead into an incredible week for the NWA as NWA Power makes its long-awaited return this Tuesday on Fight TV. Very, very interesting times for the NWA. Speaking of outlets with which you can consume pro wrestling, yesterday, the WWE Network made its official debut on Peacock, and we've been giving you all sorts of information about that, what that transfer would look like. I know a number of folks who have subscribed to the network received that email that said, hey, your subscription to the network is coming to an end. You can decide to go over to Peacock if you'd like, et cetera, et cetera, which I have to admit, uh, there was a little tear forming in the corner of my eye remembering the joy I had seven years ago about being one of the first to purchase the WWE Network. I thought it would be with us as a standalone situation for a long time to come. With that said, we talked about the transfer over to Peacock and the fact that uh, certainly some things would come over gradually. Well, I have to say that more has come over initially than I imagined it would, right? I'm pretty excited about that because not just have the current pay-per-views come over and it's about six months of the current pay-per-views, but certainly you can now go back and check out virtually all of the WrestleManias, all of the big pay-per-views from WWE are all there historically. Plus, you have some WCW pay-per-views there, some ECW pay-per-views there as well. So go ahead and check out what's going on with Peacock. But my question to you is, if you were a subscriber to the WWE Network, are you going to jump into the world of Peacock? There are some folks that are going to say, no, no, thank you. There are others that are going to say, I just want the free version of Peacock. I want to get your thoughts on that. So let us know by way of social media at The Faction Show. Will you be subscribing to Peacock Premium or will you just deal with the free version of Peacock or will you not deal with it at all? I should also mention to you that there is an on-demand component of Peacock for the WWE Network. You'll see a specific link to it. But there's also a WWE channel, which you can watch on Peacock, and that actually has quote-unquote live programming. And when I say live programming, that means that they actually have things that they've already put in there that you're able to watch, much like a guide on your cable uh, channel that has certain channels that you can watch. Same deal there with Peacock. So it's very interesting. It's different. It is certainly much, much bigger than the WWE Network. And so uh, certainly there are other things things on there, a lot of NBC programs, a lot of great movies, etc., etc. I do want to get your thoughts, though, on the WWE Network's debut on Peacock. And again, Peacock's first WWE pay-per-view will be this Sunday, Fastlane. And we're going to learn some final details about Fastlane tonight on SmackDown. So that should be very, very interesting indeed. So let me know, will you be holding on to the last few respites of the WWE Network, which of course will shut down on April the 4th, so you can still watch Fastlane and other things that you'd like to watch on the standalone version of the WWE Network until April the 4th, or are you ready to make that migration 
over to Peacock. I will admit I've already had a Peacock subscription, so uh, it's been fun kind of going in there, checking out how things are working, checking out what's available, and again, I am pleasantly surprised by what I see available on Peacock for the WWE Network. All right, guys, so there's been a lot of news this week, and I'm looking forward to a monster weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Of course, we'll be keeping you updated on all of our social media spaces, but certainly reach out to us on our social media pages at The Faction Show. Give us your comments. Let us know what you're thinking about what's happening in the world of pro wrestling. Oh, one other really important thing before I go. Congratulations to Eric Bischoff, who has been announced as the latest inductee into the class of 2021 for the WWE Hall of Fame. Major news there. It's kind of a surprise that Bischoff hasn't already been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but certainly when you think about his contributions to the world of pro wrestling, they have been massive. Whether it was as an announcer or a commentator in AWA, certainly we know about his migration to WCW, moving from a third string commentator to ultimately the face of WCW, the executive vice president, and solely responsible, well, maybe solely isn't a fair term, but certainly one of the leaders in allowing the WWE-WCW war that ultimately brought us 83 weeks of a win for WCW. He brought us the NWO, etc., Etc. Some would say he's responsible for the demise of WCW, but there's no denying his contributions to the sport of pro wrestling. So congratulations to Eric Bischoff. He joins Mighty Molly or Molly Holly in the class of 2021. And I want to ask you, who else should be inducted in this year's class? I have a few thoughts but I want to hear yours. Hit us up on the socials and let us know. We'll probably do a separate post surrounding that as well. All right, time to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Certainly, I want to know if you'll be watching the NWAs back for the attack, if you'll be checking out WWE Fastlane and more. You know what to do. Hit us up on the socials on all of this and let us know what you think. Until next time, family, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day, family. <laughs>